Welcome to Perspective Shift. I am Frank. And I am Mike. That is Mike over there. Happy to be here today, guys. <laughs> How's it going? Today we are diving into uh, Mr. Napoleon Hill. We are excited. Uh, you know, yeah. Think and Grow Rich, a book I read back in 2019, really helped me kind of see the world a little bit differently. Yeah. And uh, before we get started, um, me and Mike, I just want to make clear, there's a lot of information on, uh, well, some, I shouldn't say a lot, information on there about Napoleon Hill and being um, not straight up with his information. Again, what we want to talk about on the show, what we do, is it's not the person, it's the information they're revealing, and the information it reveals is, is pretty sound when you look at it. Um, so that's what we do on Perspective Show. We're not, we're not historians of the actual people, necessarily. We have a little bit of information, but it's the, the correlation of all the information to the other people we talk about and the essence of how we uh, navigate through this world. That's the information we talk about. So, But hey, if you have any comments after about them, uh, send them in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, right. guys. So excited to dry, dive right in. Uh, Frank, how are we doing today? I am good doing week so far? Really, yes, very good week. Good, good. Yeah, very good Anything week. Anything cool you want to share with the audience before we jump in? Um, yeah, you know, before we uh, jump in and explore Napoleon Hill, um, let's pick up the synchronistic stuff that happened from last podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't that's know, a, I don't know why. That's a cool I, place I, to I start. I thought we were going to talk about it some other jump, time. But, jump into it. Yeah, so um, during the... Um, Last podcast. Yeah, we we dove into uh, Helen um, Hansel. Hansel. Um, uh, in it, she one of the uh, videos we showed. She was talking about like uh, imagination, how to how to create your imagination, or how to focus on your imagination, right? Mm -hmm. And so she utilized the understanding of an orange. So she said, you know, picture an orange in your hand, um, smell it, have the fragrance with your eyes closed. Obviously, there's no orange. So at the end, when you open your eyes up, you actually realize there's no orange but you actually felt the texture the smell um the taste or what have you in the imagination just describing it. we could do it to ourselves well i'm going to tell um one of our listeners his mm -hmm. name was uh, dan murphy had sent us an email and he's like he's talking about how he found us i don't know how long ago but he was talking about how he listened to us and and he was listening to that podcast and i guess he's a he's a postal worker and he yeah. uh deliver and he drives a truck so he's going around and after listening to that and i don't know how long after it was shortly after he was driving up and he saw an orange on a at uh, the curb or something well like yeah. he, in the he was talking about how he actually you know when we he was listening to the podcast yeah he, he heard was, frank talking about yeah. and and he actually started to like smell and taste this orange yeah, himself became, like as he was you know working yeah it became intense to him yeah and then shortly thereafter um he's pulling pulling up uh, he was on the road and he on the I think on the curbside, he's seen an orange. Right there. And, so, he, and he mentioned, you know, this is yeah. in January, you know, not a common time, yeah. you know, when the fruit, you know, is blooming, that type of thing. And so it was one of those cool, like, synchronistic moments yeah, that we so, wanted to point out. Yeah, so thanks, Dan, for sending that email in. And uh, and then, so you had a synchronicity, too, with the orange, too, which is funny. Cause I it's, did. Yeah. Well, well, it, it kind of tagged, tagged along with your synchronicity. So this comes up with Frank, you know, um, I, tell your story real quick. So you uh, essentially, right after having this conversation, didn't some, one of our uh, friends, Jeff, reach out to you? Yeah, so he reached out. I went over to his house, and I, he just wanted to talk. So I didn't I didn't realize he was um, going to have me on his podcast or a little video. He didn't tell me this. I show up in yeah, my yeah, gym. Yeah. I got like a, a you know, you know I, just, I just came from the gym. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking. Like, How's everything going? And he asked me, he's like, hey, how do I get to a place where I can um, – you know, get what I want, you know? And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, you gotta, you gotta work on your imagination. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you have to focus on something. 
And then I was using the example that Helen uh, showed us with the orange. I'm like, well, just close your eyes. And we're sitting in his kitchen. And he closed his eyes. I'm like, okay, just, you know, picture an orange in your hand. How does it feel? Feel the, you know, the, the skin. And then start to peel it. And as you peel it, notice the fragrance of the citrus coming off of it. And then taste it. And then he does it. I'm like, open your eyes. He's like, he's like, what? I'm like, the orange is in your hand. He's like, holy shit, I, I felt that. I says, now, watch, throughout the day, you know, either today or tomorrow, in the near future, you'll, an orange is going to come to you in the most unlikely way. It, yeah, you can go to the grocery store and buy one, but that's not what we're talking about. It's just going to come to you. And an orange is easy to come by, so it's here in the United States. Mm-hmm. But the idea is when you put that into your head, things will start to come to you. And then the the object here with them, uh, or the message I'm telling is the universe doesn't distinguish between an orange and a million dollars. We do. We create the definition of the difference. But anyone that's practicing this, this type of um, practice takes something as uh, plentiful as, as an orange and see how it happens. So then he proceeds to tell me, he's like, hey, uh, I, want, I want to do like a podcast with you in the back. I'm like, oh, I guess that's why I'm here. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. And he goes, I want to take you to the tree of life. And the tree of life was an orange tree. Dude. See, I love Yeah, that. in his backyard. He calls it the tree of life. And I just started laughing because, you know, I had to tell him the story afterwards. And he didn't realize it either. But, uh, yeah. See, I love that. And it, it's these little moments. And this is just a little example, guys, you know, of what we visualize we can actually bring into reality and create. And uh, this is how powerful the mind is. This is what it's capable of doing. And so – it's little things like this are, that are kind of just like breadcrumbs, like, hey, you're on the right path. Hey, you know, uh, this universe, this reality, this is working in tandem with you. You're participating in this reality. And so Frank calls me, you know, after uh, uh, going over to our buddy Jeff's house, and he tells me the story. He's like, dude, you're not going to believe this synchronicity about the orange thing we were talking about. <laughs> and he starts laughing. He starts telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, Jeff brings me over. We're, we're chatting and whatnot. And we start doing the orange technique. And then, you know, sure as shit, we walk out, you know, not even thinking about it. And we go sit under this tree and this tree of life, as Jeff calls it, you know, it just <laughs> happens to be an orange tree. And these are all just little symbolic, you know, um, breadcrumbs, if you will, that, that you're on the right path. And it's funny, as he was telling me the story, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, I was like, it's funny, I, I, I haven't seen any oranges, you know, since we, we did that exercise. <laughs> and so I'm going through like the rest of the week. And, you know, my brother actually had a pretty rough week last week. I don't know if it was just, you know, end of the holidays. And, you know, it's kind of that feeling of, uh, you know, a start of a new year. You know, a lot of us are, you know, we might not want to be where we want to be at this time. So it's kind of rough getting back into the swing of things, going back to work. Um, you know, um, just starting a new year off, et cetera. It, there's a lot of ups and downs and emotion, you know, with it. And so I'm chatting with him all week and stuff, and I can tell he's having a hard week. And um, recently I um, I uh, scheduled an appointment with a RTT specialist, and that's rapid, transform- rapid transformational therapy. And what that is is it's like a conscious hypnosis that you go under, and it's um, it's a way to you know work on any um, you know fears, doubts, etc. It's um, a way to kind of bring those to the surface from the subconscious mind and reprogram, rewire uh, the brain, you know, to to um, not be adversely affected by you know past uh, pain, past you know negative thoughts, past trauma, etc. 
And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to sign, I'm going to, I'm going to buy my brother this as a gift. I, I'm going to, you know, schedule him an appointment this month with this same person so he can go in, you know, share some of these thoughts that he was, you know, sharing with me the last week, et cetera. And so I get home yesterday and I, I go to him and I'm like, you know, Hey, I wanted to let you know, I was thinking about it and I would love, you know, to gift you, you know, a, a trip to this, you know, um, individual, this RTT specialist. So you can sit down, have a talk, you know, and, uh, undergo some conscious hypnosis, you know, give it a try. It's uh, it's something that I think will really help you out. And I just see this like immense relief draw, like come over my brother's face. It was like he, it was like he needed to hear it, you know, and it was like, I needed to say it. Um, and it felt so good to kind of give him this, uh, gift him this type of, you know, relief because, um, he's my brother. I love him. You know, he's my best friend at the end of the day, you know, he, he, uh, he gives me a hug after I tell him, he's like, Oh, you know, that's great. And he's like, you know, today was a pretty good day. I was over at my boss's house. I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, we were watching the game, doing our thing. And he's like, um, I was playing with my boss's son in the backyard, you know, and I was trying to entertain him, you know, and get him going. And we're just having fun. I didn't really know what to do with him. But um, I was like sitting there and um, I saw this tree and I was like, oh, I'm going to go juggle. And he's like, I walked over to this tree and I picked three oranges from this tree and I started to juggle. And it was like my <laughs> like my heart dropped when he told me this story, like or my stomach like dropped and like my heart felt like I could like feel it opening. And I was like, that's the, that's my orange, you know, and it was like such a random little story like that, but it had such an impactful meaning to me. And that was just a breadcrumb to me that, you know, this is the right path. Um, you know, you, you, that gift to my brother was something that was meant to be, you know, the, him sharing this because I mean, what a random story for him to just kind of share with me. Oh, Hey, by the way, I was juggling three oranges, you know, for a toddler today, yeah. you know, just this random story, but it meant so much to me. And I knew you know, without getting the analytical mind involved saying, oh, this could have happened for blah, blah, blah reason. That was my sign. And yeah. that was my orange. And that was my experience. And it, I just like felt my heart open up as soon as he, he, was, he shared that with me. And uh, it was just a beautiful moment. So Frank and I thought that would be kind of cool to share on air is these synchronicities, you know, uh, they, they come from our visualizations. And the more we can visualize something, the more we can bring it to life. And we don't know how it's going to be brought to life. And we don't know how it's going to come to be. That's the fun But that's the, yeah, that's the, that's the best actually, part. That's the gift. And part, part of this gift is the acceptance of it. So it doesn't mean, like me and Mike can share this stuff. Um, uh, I don't believe, did you, I don't believe you sh- uh, shared that with your brother, right? I did not. Because yeah. he wouldn't have understood yeah. what I was mean. Yeah. It, it meant a lot <laughs> like, to me. Because yeah. I was like, oh my God, there's my orange. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but recognize it if you could. You, someone you're close to that would get it. Uh, talk about it. But the simple recognition of the synchronicity amplifies and supports it even greater. Don't just brush it off, even if it's simple as an orange, because again, the universe doesn't decipher between a hundred dollars or an orange. We do, and so now. But synchronicity is always and forever working. But what happens is we're so programmed that the thoughts that we're using in our programmed imagined mind are reiterating things that we typically don't want and that's why I'm like why does this keep happening i'm like hey it's working <laughs> you know right. it's like, yeah it's like what were your thoughts what were you thinking about all day i was thinking about you know hope i don't get into a car accident i'm like well there you go i was hoping i wouldn't get fired i'm like hope no the great this the one this time of year hmm. i can't tell you how many people do this 
I got sick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always get sick this time of year. So when Christmas comes or the holidays come, and all of a sudden, and I think what it is is people don't want to get sick because they want to go to the parties and this and that. But like, I'm like, I got sick. Well, it's synchronicity working because you, what were you focused on? Getting sick. If you could, if you could focus on, you know, staying healthy or something else, you wouldn't have gotten sick. And there's actually proof of this. Yeah. But just by getting sick is part of proof of it. Now, you can choose the perception and say that's bullshit, and you have the right to do that. But that is actually solidifying this information even deeper. Exactly. Because you don't have to agree with it. Well, and one other thing I want to touch on with this orange conversation, <clears throat> and just like our listener Dan, you know, who wrote in and shared that with us, is the 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 least we the when we don't have any resistance to something is when it shows up quick as can be like just like Dan you know on his work route doing his thing etc taste smells you know he feels this you know orange and within five ten minutes of this he experiences this synchronicity and it's because we had no he had no attachment to it there was no oh I need to see an orange I must see an orange etc all this type of thing. That's how this experience works is the more attachment to something, uh, the more resistance we kind of create. And it's the mind saying, oh, I, I got to see this. I must need validation, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And this this lengthens the process. It's when we let go um, and we're, we're in that present moment that these types of things show up. And so I think that's important to also point out is like if you're at home and you're trying to you know manifest a certain thing – or you're not seeing something show up that you've been working on, know that it's the resistance you're creating by, you know, having this constant hide and seek up. I don't see it yet. It's not there yet. That right there is what's what's lengthening the timeline. Because if it already existed and you already knew it did, you would feel and be in that state. And so there wouldn't be any, you know, I got to check and see, you know, is it here now? You know, uh, kind of like the uh, watch pot never boils, you yeah. know, type of thing. Yeah. Very similar to that. At the end of the day, it's you got to know it to be and then you you go on with your life and then watch how quickly these little surprises come up. And that's difficult to do just because how we were raised and, you know, conditioned and trained. It can be, it can be, because difficult to do is a belief onto itself as well. Of course, of course. Yeah, it's just like a bicycle is difficult to ride if you're four years old. But once you learn to ride it, it's no longer difficult. I just mean with Western conditioning and at least the way like Frank and I grew up, you know, we were taught, you know, immediate results. And, you know, if you do something, you see it and all this and it's. We, we require all this validation from this outside physical world before we can believe something. And that's the opposite. We have to believe it before we see it. Yeah. And that's the key. And, you know, Napoleon Hill, he talks about this as well. Well, that's what, yeah, that's why we're, we're diving in and examining his work today because uh, when you read, um, I read it many, many years ago, Think and Grow Rich, because it was one of those books that everyone said you had to read. I was going to say, that's like a classic. Yeah. And so when you read it, um, it actually gets you excited. It does. You know, it really does. And you know, the more you read it, the more excited you get. And it, it, he teaches how to focus. And he has, uh, in it, he talks about, or throughout his work, he talks about the 17 principles. And, yep. you know, you could probably knock the principles down a little bit now. But, you know, when he talks about the, the principles, one of the first principles is defining your purpose. Yeah. And that goes directly related to the understanding of what am I focused on? So, hey, take the orange thing. Well, you had to find your purpose. My purpose is to get an orange today. Mm-hmm. 
And well, then I had to close my eyes. I had to smell the orange, taste the orange. All these things I had to do to generate the senses in my body, even though to some level it's not here, but I'm feeling as if it already is in my hand and I'm eating it. And I, I shut out the world by closing my eyes and go into my great imagination. And then all of a sudden, you just let it go. You forget about it. I wasn't looking for an orange. It just it showed up. And when it showed up, I laughed. Then I'm like, man, we should have been talking about a million dollars, right? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> of an yeah. orange. But um, again, now when I say a million dollars, like Mike said earlier, <clears throat> is the orange was, whether it came or not, no big deal. Well, you have to be like that with a million dollars. You literally have to be at at the how you look at um, a million dollars. You actually have to be kind of separate from it to where if it comes, great. If if it not, no big deal. It's on its way. Yeah. So the work is getting to a belief that stop. You know, because hey, uh, someone that's a multimillionaire, a million dollars coming their way isn't a big deal anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, there is the possibility to get to a, a deal where a million dollars is no big deal. But it's a belief structure, a level up of a different belief that you have to get to, a higher frequency, if you will. Well, and what's your thought on this, Frank? Like, for me, at least, when I'm, you know, manifesting and working on stuff, I never say, like, oh, okay, you know, no big deal if it happens or it doesn't. I say, you know, the world is work, the universe is working to bring this to me, no matter what happens. Well, that's yeah. where I always kind of keep my focus is just because it hasn't shown up yet does not mean, you know, uh, you know, Okay, doesn't come, whatever. It's more like, no, it's in it's process. Its way. Exactly. Yeah. And then, then the work is, like, if you notice it's not here, the work then is like, okay, if I've been thinking about it from lack, it's not here, or I've been thinking about it that um, it's going to show up. Just like when a woman becomes pregnant, uh, both, you know, the, the mother and father of the child that's going to be born in, into the world in nine months from the po- time which they realize it, they don't, like, hey, wh- where's the baby? Mm-hmm. They know it's coming. The gestation period from that point is nine months. So they prepare for the time, you know. And when you're bringing a child into the world, nine months is like, hey, they should have gave us two years, especially for the men. (laughs) A little bit more time. We need two two years. Like, hey, did you paint the room yet? Did you put the cradle (laughs) together? Like, oh, shit. Right. And then, like, you know. He was like, get it done. He's like, hey, we got two weeks, honey. He's like, we don't. And the baby pops out two weeks early. Like, shit. Then you get yelled at. <laughs> exactly, you know? man. So if you know it's coming, what do you do? Well, you paint the room. You set up the rocking chair for your wife or your, you know, your partner, however you want to label it. You set the crib up for the child coming. You don't wait. Because if you're waiting, it means you don't think it's coming. Mm-hmm. So you set up. So... If um if it's a million dollars that you want, there's nothing wrong with that. Imagine what it would feel like to have a million dollars. What would you do to prepare to have a million well, dollars? The thing is, what would you do if what what would you do if you had a million dollars? So when you're when the, the parents are preparing, it's not like they already have the child. They just don't have to you know, manually feed it yet. They don't manually have to put it to bed yet. But it's doing that in the in the mother's womb. Mm-hmm. So they're getting ready for the day in which they have to manually do everything for this baby to a certain extent. So if you want a million dollars, what would you be doing if you had a million dollars? Act that out. You know? And guess what? You know, it depends how you look at it. You know, go buy yourself something that you've, you wanted. All right? you, again, you play within the field of understanding where you are. Because even though a millionaire is a million dollars, they don't spend a million dollars a day. It's, it's ridiculous. It's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, people a lot of money tend not to do that. They tend to invest it into something else to get greater. Because after a while, 
of having a lot of money for a while, things start to diminish in the idea of what it is. All of a sudden, you start losing a little more interest in things, but then opportunity of communing with other people, advancement in ideas, uh, you know, maybe expanding your business so you can help uh, other people grow in their field, you know. So that's how, that's what, that's what tends to happen. So if you were a millionaire, how would you be acting? How would you be thinking? Well, act that out. You don't need to show people your bank account. You don't need to no. show people your wallet. I'm like, that makes sense. Just walk and talk like you were a millionaire. And quite the opposite, you know, not very, at least I've realized, you know, people with money, you know, they're not talking about it. They're not out there saying, oh, you know, this and oh, that. No, it's not something they're out there, you know, publicizing to the world. Most people have money you now are, are very, very quiet about it. Why? A lot of people don't, you know, and why would you want to rub something like that in someone's face? And so, well, you, you, the thing is, you know, if you are if you are a certain thing, you don't need to affirm it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if you're affirming you're rich, are you? Mm-hmm. Like you don't walk around. I'm Millionaires rich, I'm aren't walking around yeah. saying, you know, yeah. I'm rich. I'm they rich. In, inside in their in their imagination, they're affirming it, but mm-hmm. they're not outwardly talking about it. If you're affirming it outside, you're you're either trying to get there or trying to get there or trying to prove that you're there or trying to get other people to see you there. Um, that doesn't really work. That's why I go forth and tell no one. Mm-hmm. Just keep with yourself. But you can talk to about people that are close to you to help you get to that place that will encourage you. But it's all about going within and feeling the feeling of having that wish already done, yeah. being in that place. And uh, yeah, and then also, too, the, one of his other principles that um, Napoleon Hill talks about is uh, master alliance. Okay. And that's, and that's like me and Mike, we're master alliances with each other. <laughs> <laughs> we come here every Monday, and I know the show is um, aired what, on Fridays, yeah. right? So but we come meet every, at least once a week, and we discuss the show, and we align with each other all week long. We talk about where we're going with the show. Um, and first and foremost, it's not about like how many listens we get. It's about the content we're offering people, how many people are helping. So like when we have um, you know, people, I think we had three this week, which is nice, you yeah. know, based on we're just starting the show out, that um, emailed us. Yep, and we really appreciate that because, like, okay, th- this message is getting out there because we're all one, one big show. Everyone, the listeners and Mike and I talking are one unit. We're not separate. We're not better. We're just different, different viewpoints of it. But without the audience and talking about it, and people learning from it, okay, that excites Mike and I. So, okay, what are we going to do next? How are we going to take it to the next level? So we keep using that uh, alliance to keep. Uh, Le- le- uh, elevating up beyond the point where we're at. How can we do it a little bit better? Where can we tighten up? Absolutely. Because when I listen to the show, I listen back, and I think I mentioned this before. I listen. Okay, I could have done that better, and this, that, and I'm not, I'm not down on myself. I'm just okay. You know, you know, I want to improve. You know, and I, and I know I have a lot of improvement to do. We but, all do. Yeah, but I'm not in a rush to get there either. I'm not. Because if I was like, oh, shit, I'm not good enough to be on the air, I would never get on here. Well, and, and yeah. that's the thing. A lot of people in their heads are, are waiting for that moment until they're ready. There's <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. – I'm telling you right now, if guys. If you want to run, stop running. There is no <laughs> yeah. time in your life where you're going to be ready for anything. you yeah. got to just do it. That's Well, if you're and doing it, it, you're ready. And, and it feels yeah. weird, you know, and it feels uncomfortable and all that. But until you start to do something, you're never really ready. Yeah. And so that that's something big to keep in mind. But also what Frank just kind of touched on, and we were talking about this before we jumped on the air, but 
thank you to everybody who reached out to us this last week. Like he was saying, we had three different listeners reach out by email. And that is um, the greatest gift for us is when we can hear these types of stories and how, you know, uh, these concepts that we talk about weekly are affecting your individual lives and hearing and seeing the synchronicities um, that you guys are experiencing. It just helps us like level up and we love to hear that. So please, you know, continue to write in and share. Like if you have an experience that's a total synchronicity, write into us about it. Yeah. Tell us about it because we share in that and we are all connected. Quantum yeah. physics has proven this. Everything around us is connected. And this is, the, you know, that's a scientific fact. And so to be involved with that and to hear that, it helps us level up. Um, it's exciting. We love this. <clears throat> we would love to start sharing, you know, this information yeah. on the show too, because we think that could be a cool aspect, you know, um, sharing the experiences that you guys write in about, because we are all connected. We are all experiencing this life together. We all are creating this reality together. Yeah. And so this uh, is our mastermind alliance. Like that, that's it. every even our audience is part of that. A hundred. And that's why uh, that was a cool thing. So when Dan Murphy uh, wrote in, he also add it in and uh it's a it you can share the story yeah. so we've had other people um and me and mike we thrive over it, but we um in other words you write in something and you don't mind the sharing the story just put that in there because we we would hate to actually um talk about something that maybe you didn't want 100 yeah. percent. we've had people who have written in about you know sensitive topics yeah so you know, asking you know hey how would you go about this yeah and, and we'll respond back, you know, and we'll, we'll chat with you and we'll give you our two cents on it, if you will, or how we look at it. But yeah, but if you, yeah, if you have a story, you like the audience, the, the broader audience to share, just, yeah, send it in and, and just let us know we can talk about because we, 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 we take everything as personal. Mm-hmm. We understand how people are. So unless it's told we can talk about, it, we, we tend not to, we try yeah, to even keep if it's private. just, Hey, you share it, you know, yeah, leave my it. name out, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's exciting, yeah. you know, because. These types of stories, at least for me, when I started learning these concepts back in 2018 and 19, I I started seeing synchronicities everywhere. And it was like the first time that my eyes had been opened. And I was like, oh, my God, like I am participating in this reality. And it was so crazy to me. And so it's exciting to share this information. It's exciting to, you know, see like, oh, wow what I'm focusing on, what I'm thinking about is, uh, is affecting the reality I live in. And that, and that's a cool experience. And you're starting to see like on these, um, on these podcast, uh, platforms, a lot more people are, uh, shows are starting to talk about this stuff, this genre, if it's, if it's considered a genre, I'm like, you can use mm-hmm. it anywhere, but the more, uh, pointing out the more positive aspect of thinking, um, or placing your thoughts into a preferential rather than non-preferential and, taking away the idea of blame and all and everyone's doing it from a different vantage point but it's all uplifting and i could see i could see people like you know some people that still watching the um uh network television uh news like i'm done with this i'm like yeah because they're selling you something people on the podcast really really care like the ones i'm listening they care it's not they're trying to sell something they care a lot of them don't need the money they're not making their money from the podcasting some are but even the ones that are aren't they already had the money it's not like this is putting food on the table but they have a, a idea a concept they want to share they want to mull it out throw it out there and see how it comes back um there's no one um telling they can and cannot say that and you know and, and that's good or bad sometimes but no, uh, totally. but that's the world we live in 
So yeah, we like to see this community grow. Yeah. And uh, anyone out there listen to us if you have something to say, obviously email us, but hey, stop your own podcast. Exactly. Coming. Yeah, we need more of that. All right. Uh, I said we dive into a video of Napoleon. Yeah, let's you know, let's yeah. kick something off with a, a good clip. This one is is a great one. You know, it's him speaking, and it's a good, you know. Yeah, and it's right here, first right from the lips of Napoleon Hill. My search led me to the study of the spiritual forces with which all of us are blessed. And it was in this field that I came upon a clue which has enabled me to help millions of people to find their earthly destinies. I want to describe my discovery in the simplest terms possible because it will reveal to you why it is true that whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve, regardless of how many times you may have failed in the past or how lofty your aims and hopes may be. I caught my first fleeting glimpse of the profound law which provides the means by which we may choose our own purpose in life and attain it while I was being coached by Andrew Carnegie during the organization of the Science of Success philosophy. I had just finished telling Mr. Carnegie that I feared he had uh, chosen the wrong person to give the world the first practical philosophy of personal success because of my youth, my lack of education, and my lack of finances. Well, at this point, Mr. Carnegie delivered a lecture that I shall never forget because it changed my entire life and paved the way for my helping to change the lives of millions of people, some of them not yet born. Let me call your attention to a great power which is under your control, said Mr. Carnegie, a power which is greater than poverty, greater than the lack of education, greater than all of your fears and superstitions combined. It is the power to take possession of your own mind and direct it to whatever ends you may desire. This profound power, Mr. Carnegie continued, is the gift of the Creator, and it must have been considered the greatest of all of his gifts to man, because it is the only thing over which man has the complete and unchallengeable right of control and direction. When you speak of your poverty and lack of education, Mr. Carnegie explained, you are simply directing your mind power to attract these undesirable circumstances because it is true that whatever your mind feeds upon your mind attracts to you now you see why it is important that you recognize that all success begins with definiteness of purpose with a clear picture in your mind of precisely what you want from life uh, then mr carnegie continued his speech with a description of a great universal truth which made such an impact upon my mind that I began then and there to give myself a new outlook on life and set up for myself a goal so far above my previous achievements that it shocked my friends and relatives when they heard about it. Everyone, said Mr. Carnegie, comes to the earth plane blessed with the privilege of controlling his mind power and directing it to whatever ends he may choose. But, he continued, everyone brings over with him at birth the equivalent of two sealed envelopes, one of which is clearly labeled the riches you may enjoy if you take possession of your own mind and direct it to ends of your own choice. And the other is labeled the penalties you must pay if you neglect to take possession of your mind and direct it. And now let me reveal to you, said Mr. Carnegie, the contents of those two sealed envelopes. In the one labeled riches is uh, this list of blessings. One, 
sound health. Two, peace of mind. Three, a labor of love of your own choice. Four, freedom from fear and worry. Five, a positive mental attitude. Six, material riches of your own choice and quantity. In the sealed envelope labeled penalties, Mr. Carnegie continued, is this list of the prices one must pay for neglecting to take possession of his own mind. One, ill health. Two, fear and worry. Three, indecision and doubt. Four, frustration and discouragement throughout life. Five, poverty and want. Six, and a whole flock of evils consisting of envy, greed, jealousy, anger, hatred, and superstition. Well, there you go. See, I uh, <laughs> I specifically wanted this clip for a couple of reasons. Um, so this is the 1930s or early 19, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s when he yeah he wrote yeah. the book. The, um, Thinking Grow Rich came out in 1937. Seven. So and that wasn't his first book either. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. In this clip, uh, you know, uh, I'm listening to Napoleon Hill, and I wrote some of the things down. But he says, you know, at the beginning, the the spiritual forces, the spiritual forces which we are blessed, and he talks about the four earthly destinies, and he talks about coming to earth or coming to the earth plane, and bringing over with him, you know, at birth, you know, these types of things, and these uh, that type of verbiage. What he's what he's sharing, you know, is that there's this spiritual realm, mm-hmm. and um, that was not talked about in the early 1900s. That was not a, a popular topic, you know. In fact, that was looked at as witchcraft. Uh, that's looked at, you know, um, as blasphemy, et cetera, to like speak and talk about these types. Work of the devil, you know, is how they used to refer to this. But to hear this, you know, coming from Napoleon Hill, Andrew Carnegie, like he's mentioning, et cetera. It shows that there is this other side to us, this non-material side, this spiritual side. And how do we come to an earth plane? If we never existed, how would we come to an earth plane? And so I love that he's scratching the surface of, you know, the spiritual concepts of, you know, that Frank and I talk about on this show and other teachers that we've covered and spiritual, you know, um, teachers that we've shared uh, dive into. And it's there's this whole other side of us, this whole other half of us. Um, that is not too talked about in Western culture. And I feel, in my opinion, that's why there's so much depression, there's so much sadness, there's so much, you know, angst in this Western world that, you know, Frank and I grew up in, is we're, we're taught that there's only a material world, and everything else outside of the material world cannot be measured, therefore it does not exist. And this is just simply not true. There is this whole half of us, this whole side of us, uh, this spiritual side that is not talked about, you know, in Western culture and is not um, identified. And I feel like this is the reason we're, we're, we're so anxious, we're so sad, we're, we're so depressed, is we're leaving this whole other part of our being out there and pretending like it doesn't exist. So that's why I really liked what, you know, Napoleon Hill shared here is it references this whole spiritual side of us that absolutely exists. And it's important to, um, in my opinion, it's important to, to point this out so people know that this, this does exist and that there's more than just this material world. 
Yeah, and now from the the viewpoint or the, the time and period in which he said this, it was very interesting. But right now, there there are quantum biologists actually measuring our field. Like a, a physicist say, there is no matter. So what is it? We have the we have the ability to control uh, control our electromagnetic field, how we feel, and there's different uh, modalities to do that. So they're actually able to measure your torus, mm-hmm. which is the electromagnetic field that surrounds your body. The higher that is, now a biologist say, if I grow that and expand it, all of a sudden my hormonal system starts working better. My immune system starts working better. So it has nothing to do with the pill outside of me. It has to do with my electromagnetic field starts producing better chemicals in the body in order for the body to adhere. And again, one of the principles that he talks about too is applied faith. And what is that applied faith is knowing without tangibly knowing or seeing in, in order to actually produce something. So everything that I said this many times, I'll probably say it many times again, everything that is was once imagined. But having full faith in it, when you apply the faith to it, you know it's going to work. And how it shows up is where the, um, the gift comes. That's the gift. But if you realize that you're a piece of technology, your physical body is a piece of technology, you have seven energy centers in you, and it's connected to, say, the eighth center, which is like the Akashic Records or the Matrix, whatever you want to call it, where you can pull information and um, experience it. So like every book, or like you hear this, this say, the, the phrase that no, there is nothing new under the sun. Well, when you walk into a library, there's books that you've never read, but they've been written. But until you read it, you haven't experienced it. So applied faith is that principle that he talks about. To me, it's one of his best, it's one of the key principles because without the faith of it, if it's going to work, you're not going to try it. If you don't think this is going to work, why are you going to even create a purpose? If you, know, if you don't think this is going to work, why would you even have an alliance? And that's where yeah. most of yeah. society is at, by the way, which yeah. is, oh, that doesn't work, you know, or that doesn't work for me. I'm not that type of person. This is the type of person I am. What they're really saying is, I have mental mind patterns that don't allow me to achieve that. My mental, my mind, my mental chatter does not support that. And they don't see it as a mental chatter or see it as a mind pattern. They say, I identify with that. Oh, I'm not that. I'm an introvert. No, you're not an introvert. You're identifying as an introvert, and that is a mental mind pattern. You can easily yeah. step out of those or even, introvert mind patterns, or even if you are, and begin to experience. Yeah, when I an actually, extrovert. yeah, but when I in, when I meditate, I'm an introvert. Oh, of course. So it's don't. But look to at label it, ourselves is what I'm getting yeah, at. Well, I think what it is is because somewhere along the line, people put a connotation of negative if you're an introvert and positive if you're an extrovert. I'm like, that's just ridiculous. I'm like, one isn't better than the other. Like, there are people that are natural introverts, introverts and they're doing really well in life. It's understanding who you are. Um, so, yeah, most people teeter in both areas. So, like, when I close my eyes and meditate and don't want to be around people, um, I'm an introvert. But there's nothing negative about that. I think decide like, oh, that person won't go anywhere. They're an introvert. And I'm like, so Mike is pointing that out. Like, take that introvert and extrovert and take it out. It's all good. It doesn't matter which one you are. Don't even try to label it. But uh, have see, it, see that it all is a label. The yeah, whole thing is. it is, you know, because at moments I'm here like, you know, nine o'clock at night, I'm tired. There's nothing wrong with that because I'm trying to get to bed, you know. But why am I tired in the morning? Because I'm telling myself this, mm-hmm. you know, it's all a story. It is. It's all a story. So as I change the story, things change. It doesn't mean you completely 
put a really bizarre script out there because if there's no fluidity in your life, like understanding, you don't take take away everything and start brand new, you're not going to know what's real or not. So we're not talking about like getting um, losing your mind completely and just doing something off the wall. There has to be this. It doesn't have to be. Some people do have a dramatic, like I've heard of people just working a corporate job and leaving and moving to Alaska and, and living off the land. Yep. That's great. But somehow they got to the point where they were ready to do that. They made the choice. They weren't like, I'm going to put a bullet in my head or move to Alaska. They just, one day they woke up and like, you know what? I'm done. Mm-hmm. And that instant moment they did that. But it doesn't mean you have to do that. It doesn't mean you have to live in Alaska. You could be living in New York City in a 400 square foot apartment and find ultimate peace within yourself by having this applied faith, understanding of everything that we want to experience, we already are because you wouldn't want to experience it if you weren't that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I, I look at all the different things out there people experience, like people climb Mount Everest and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not my my bucket list. I appreciate people that do that, but what's in my bucket list is other other things, right? And... Now I'm like, okay, how do I do that? How do I do it? I'm always looking to how. Like it's not about how. Get to the place where you already are imagining it. And all of a sudden, the world, the synchronicity will show you how. That's the gift. So, you know. Just like a GPS will. When the student is ready. Teacher appears. Yeah. And then, but how, how's the student ready? You have to place yourself in the classroom, so to speak, in your mind, in your imagination. That's the classroom. So, yeah, we we... We encourage everyone listening, if you can, just take something small and just focus on it. Imagine, take a couple minutes a day and, and watch it appear. Put the feel, the taste into it, like uh, Dan did with the orange, and he experienced the orange. Then do that, and then do it with uh, something else, maybe, you know, $5, right? Okay, do that. And then next thing you know, you, you know, whatever it is you want to do, if you want to go to Hawaii, you want a, a brand new house. But all of a sudden, it's not the, it's not the trip to Hawaii it's not the house. It's the manifesting, the ability to actually focus and get what you want. So then it's like, okay, where can I go from here? Wow, sky's the limit. Like, you know, can I help uh, my sick grandma? I'm like, yeah, you can. You just you have to f- sit down and figure that out. No one can tell you this, you got to do this, you got to do that. You'll figure it out. Just like, and then the universe will open up for you. And then you'll follow those you follow the, the, the steps that you actually laid out through your imagination. I call it the synchronicity. And the key is as you're going through those, don't judge what's going on. And because I, I remember <laughs> this, like I would be like, oh, that, that wasn't supposed to happen. That can't be part. No, everything is part of it. So you have to know like as you're going through the, the, the motions, if you will, that certain things will come up. And just because you don't know and understand how that can be moving you towards your goal, you have to instinctively have this knowing that everything that is happening, I'm going to accept as it is because it's bringing me to my goal. It's bringing me to what I want to see. And so that's important is don't judge the, you know, you may set that goal and then, you know, two days from now you just have this off day, et cetera. Well, that off day was needed for some reason um, as this, um, you know, um, goal dream manifest you know is in that gestation period it takes time for the universe to to draw certain people experiences things etc it's it's this giant machine working you know and it's it's got to bring these components together so don't judge what's happening and saying oh 
it must not be working because this wouldn't have happened. That's not true. If that didn't have ha- wouldn't have happened, it may not have caused another series of events to occur, which is going to quickly bring that goal to you. Yeah, you exa- what I mean? exactly what you said. That's, that's a key point because anyone that's ever experienced something that uh, they haven't experienced prior um, will look back and like the, the thing that shouldn't have happened, like, okay, now I see why that happened. The reason you're not supposed to judge and you can if you want, but it slows it down, is because you've never been here to know if that's right or wrong. You, you can't. That's why as children, they have very little judgment because they, don't, they haven't been fed a lot of uh, programs to say, this is good, that's bad. They haven't. They go on the playground, doesn't matter whether it's a male or female, black, white, it doesn't matter what color they are, they play with that child until later on they start to learn divisions and separations and program these things. That's what happens. You know, we're seeing it happen less on the planet, but hey, one day we'll we'll get rid of it. But in the in the meantime, be cognitive of your thoughts. This is not supposed to happen. You've never been here. How do you know that? Yeah. Now there's a feeling, an understanding. Okay, when you when you are awake, when you are conscious, you'll see the signpost for what it is. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. There's a detour, but I just found out the bridge is down. That's why. It's detour. But if I kept going down that road and ignored the detour, I would have got back. I'm like, damn, the bridge is down. So you start to really understand, the better it gets, you actually understand why this had to happen almost in the moment when it's happening. So then you learn to judge even less and less and less. I love that. Here's another clip by Napoleon Hill. We come now to the fourth visit where I shall introduce you to your greatest asset, And with this introduction, the master key to success will be within your easy reach. I say this is your greatest asset uh, because it is the fourth of the 17 success principles with which you may tap and draw upon the supreme power which created you and runs this entire universe. The name of this principle is applied faith. And I want you to remember it is not something I am bringing to you but it is something you already possess, although you may not have made use of it in the past. And now let me tell you what applied faith is and uh, what you can do with it. Applied faith is the mental attitude wherein you may clear your mind of all fears and doubts and direct it to the attainment of whatever you desire in life. In our first visit, I told you that you and I and every person were blessed with the privilege of complete control over but one thing, And that is the exclusive right to take possession of our own minds and direct them to the attainment of whatever we desire in life. Applied faith is a mental attitude we must cultivate and maintain before we can take complete possession of our minds. It is the means by which we may break the seal of that envelope I mentioned in our first visit and take full possession of the six forms of riches we get in return for taking possession of our minds and using them. Those six riches were, as you may remember, sound health, peace of mind, a labor of love of your own choice, freedom from fear and worry, a positive mental attitude, and material riches of your own choice and quantity. We are now, this very moment, standing in front of the gateway which can be opened only with the great master key to success. And I'm giving you the closest clue I have yet mentioned as to how you may take possession of this key. In order that you may condition your mind to embrace and use applied faith, you must understand that there are two ways in which you can use faith. 
You can put it into reverse gear and uh, use it in a negative way by allowing your mind to dwell upon the circumstances and the things you do not want, such as poverty, ill health, failure, defeat. And uh, this is precisely what the majority of people do, which explains why the majority of people go through life in misery and want. Or you can take possession of your mind and direct it to think of the six riches which came over with you in that sealed envelope and you will attract uh, these riches to bless and serve you all through your life. Isn't it a strange fact that most people make a negative application of their great power of faith by thinking about and believing in poverty, ill health, fear, failure, and defeat, when it would be so easy for them just to change their thinking over to the circumstances and things they desire? Now let me give you a description of the one thing which represents the main difference between a successful person and a failure. Please listen carefully and think for yourself as I speak, because failure to recognize the truth I am about to give you is the starting point of most failures. Successful people in all occupations, all professions, and all callings have one trait which distinguishes them from the failures. It is their capacity for belief. The failures see the hole in the donut, but do not see the donut around the hole. The successes see the hole also, but they see the donut around the hole. <laughs> I like donuts. <laughs> I, I I love that clip. Um, yeah. So as you know, Frank was just talking about with uh, the applied faith, you know, and he launches into this. One of the things I wrote down and I love that he said was the one thing that we have that can't be taken from us. And this is so important, guys, because this is the truth is the control of our mind. You know, that's the one thing that we have is nobody, you know, they can put us in prison. You know, they can take, you know, food from us. They can take, you know, money from us, whatever. But at the end of the day, your mind can't be taken from you. And that's very, very powerful because that really is the only thing that we, we come here with is the ability to look at a certain situation in any given way. We have that ability to control our mind, and that's about it. There's a lot of things that are just outside of our control. And so hearing him talk about this, you know, and he mentions, you know, why, and, and he says, like, you know, wouldn't it be so easy for us not to focus on all the pain, the suffering, et cetera, and, and focus on, you know, uh, the, the love, the, the, the laughter, the experiences that we want to have. And it's so funny because the, this is such a simple concept when you think about it. Oh, I just need to direct my attention and focus on um, that in which I want to experience. And, and that's how I, I begin to experience, you know, uh, the world I've always wanted to live in. And this sounds very simple to say, but, you know, through uh, the conditioning we've experienced, the way we're taught, the media, you know, our movies, our television shows, just everything, um, it plays a huge role in what our head chatter is saying to us. And so if all day long your head chatter is saying, you know, today's going to be a hard day, you're not good enough, you know, you never should have done that, of course this is going to fail, all these types of negative self-doubt that we, we all experience and have, why are we surprised when we don't achieve what we want? In fact, we'll say, I knew that was going to happen. I knew I was, I was going to fail as if like, Oh great. I'm glad you called it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's funny, but that is such an important point. And I love how the Napoleon Hill labels it as the applied faith, but just brings this, it really highlights this concept because this is all we have control of. 
is the way we're thinking and experiencing the world around us. Well, and yeah. we, we choose to experience something in a positive or negative, you know, way. Yeah. If we take control of a mind, we have control of it. But if we don't, somebody else will. A hundred percent. Because so, then we're a background character. Yeah. People then, so all the programs are in your mind. So you can get rid of them. But you have to be conscious of the ability to do that. So like, is this what I want? You ask yourself. And it's like, no. Well, do you believe you can have it? And then in the beginning, I might be like, I don't. Well, go within, you know, find a story of somebody who was in a very similar situation than you were and came from rags to riches, if that's what it want, or from sickness to health, whatever, whatever the line you want to go down, whatever experience you want to have, there's always somebody out there. And this is, again, to the Master Alliance. There are so many people. You may never meet these people, but some of my greatest teachers I've never met. They died many years ago. Yeah. But they are my teachers. I listen to them. I read their books and stuff like that and all the information that's been conveyed and all these uh, different culmination of different people are all saying the same thing just differently. So what, what resonates with me might resonate differently with Mike, but that's the beauty of the world and this whole ability to like tapestry of different perspectives. Yeah. And that's why we have perspective <clears throat> yeah. shifts, this show. Yeah. Which perspective do you want? The, the world is going to hell in a handbag or the mm -hmm. world is elevating up to a higher state what feels better ask yeah. yourself that because the truth is they're both happening at the same time they're both existing at the same time which experience do you want what side of the road what train do you want to get on get on that train but what about that train well you can't be on two trains at once what direction do you want to go get on that and at first if you're on the train that you don't like it might take a little bit of practice but isn't it worth it like, and the cool thing about practice is, like, you take someone like Eddie Van Halen. Now, I don't know what condition he was in when he first picked up a guitar, but I guarantee it wasn't like it was, like, at the height of his career. So when Eddie Van Halen was playing guitar, it would be very difficult for him to even pretend to mess up. Is that what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like if someone's riding a bike and they've been doing it for years, it's very difficult for them to wobble and fall over. So once you practice this, you don't have to think about it any much. Now you're just creating nuances to go to a higher level, a higher level. It never ends. So now you're so far away from failure, you don't even know what failure is. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs in life, but those become nuances that you shift and change. And because that little dip, that's a physics movement to a higher level. So all of a sudden I see something I go down, it makes me get to a higher level. So I take on that challenge of dipping down. I don't avoid it. Like I did when I was years ago, I avoided, I'm like, I don't want to go down there. I'm like, don't you realize the physics of it? If you go down and fully apply the faith into going down, it elevates you to a higher level to where you started. That's the physics of the world. Yeah. And we start to understand that. Also, we'll apply it. Start small. And then one day you're going to wake up. It's like, it's all small. <laughs> you will. It's, it's interesting. But just know that. Laugh about it. Be light about it. It isn't the end of the world. We're never going to get this done, so stop trying to finish it this week. Yeah, you got your whole life to do it. Even if your whole life only exists of like two more weeks, what do you? You know, come on. I love that. Yeah, take that. This right. uh, this next episode or this next clip we've got for you is a good one. So we'll put on the next one. Here's right, Napoleon here Hill speaking live. Speaking live. Twelve great liches of life. Number one. A positive mental attitude that stands at the head of the list of all of the riches of life. Number two, sound physical health. And number three, 
harmony in all of your human relations. Number four, freedom from fear. Number five, the hope of future achievement. Number six, the capacity for applied faith. Number seven, a, willing, a willingness to share your blessings with others. And number eight, to be engaged in a labor of love. Number nine, an open mind on all subjects toward all people. Number ten, complete self-discipline. And there's a whole foundation of philosophy in that one alone, complete self-discipline. And number eleven, the wisdom with which to understand people. And number 12, financial security. Note that it comes last. There are 11 other things which may be used as a foundation upon which to make proper use of money. And without these other nine things, money can be just as dangerous as it can be helpful. Observe that money is the last thing on the list. 11 other riches preceded without which money can become a curse and nothing more. Study these 12 great riches carefully and observe that not one of them can be attained without the application of a positive mental attitude. That is why it leads the list. In the lesson on a pleasing personality, you will observe also that a positive mental attitude heads the list of the 31 traits which give one a pleasing personality. Yeah, I have to work on that pleasing personality myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I, I I like this clip just because it, it gives you, um, you know, it, like you said, he, he labels it the 12 great riches of life. And um, I like that he puts money last, you know, and financial security last, because at the end of the day, you know, you're building this foundation and we can't expect, you know, um, riches, you know, and all this type of stuff to come if we don't have a solid foundation to, to, to in which we stand on. And so I thought that was... Uh, a nice little um, series by, or a nice clip of him sharing that. And it's funny because, you know, these 12 uh, principles he's talking about here are the same that are in the 17 that we talked about before. Yeah, he and just, the eight yeah. before that, you yeah. know, he, he's got a few different, you know, these are the eight steps, these are the 12. List, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, everything on that list is all talking about the same thing, which yeah. is where is your focus? Where is your mind at? Where is where? What is your self talk like? That that's what we're getting at, which is uh, you know boiled down, you know, applied faith. Yeah, and applied faith allows you to create a discipline. And so when you create your own discipline, you realize when you get all the outward riches that you'll experience. After a while, you're like, wow, it's the actual discipline, the carrying out of the discipline that was the gift, not the million dollars. Because um, people that don't have or waver in discipline, and I've been there, and when you don't stay in a discipline, you may get lucky or you may be disciplined. I shouldn't say lucky. You might have been disciplined for a little bit and things worked out, but then when you're just like, okay, things are good. I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm not going to gym for a week. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, what happened? I'm like, well, you know, you can't expect things to continue. It doesn't work that way. It's like, you know. It's not like you're pushing yourself down the hill and the gravity's going to pull you. Eventually, the gravity's going to end. You're going to roll up another hill and slow down and back up. You've got to keep that momentum going by the discipline. And then you realize it was the discipline that you were searching for 
not the million dollars or the house or the business or the job or the loved one. It wasn't even that. You know, I actually recently heard someone talking about um, when they found out they had cancer. And, you know, it took them back because they were essentially healthy. They didn't have any logical basis to why they got sick. You know, they weren't smoking. They weren't drinking. They were actually eating very healthy. But they they had uh, the woman um, acquired, um, I don't know if acquired is the right word, but came down with uh, stage four breast cancer and she was flawed but she realized okay I have to do something here and she went to see um, a woman another like a therapist to teach her to how to accept death and that became her discipline and in the midst of it she didn't know if she was going to continue alive and that's the story she she the cancer disappeared but she learned a discipline to accept death and that was the greatest thing. It wasn't even overcoming the cancer. It was like she didn't live prior to that. It was like the cancer woke her up to this whole other understanding of life. So she said, yeah, if I'm going to die in a year, i got to let go of stuff because I know I'm going to die. And she started letting go, and it was a discipline that she created every day. And then you know, a year, year went by, and you know, the oncologist says, there's nothing here to find. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if that's going to happen or not, but she's like, it wasn't even about overcoming the cancer. It was that discipline of letting go, the discipline of faith, the discipline of understanding it. So creating the discipline, these are disciplines, and that is the gift. And when you follow that discipline, what will give you? You know, if I follow the discipline of sitting on the couch eating Cheetos, <laughs> I know it's coming because yeah. I've been there, you know? Yeah. I've been there, so I know what's going to happen. But when I actually take... Um, the discipline of something. I become a disciple of an information and I move towards it in something that I know it's going to work because I know what's going to happen if I sit on the couch and do nothing and just let my mind wander. Whatever attracts it and I'm wondering why I don't feel good because we want control and that's where discipline comes in. Yeah, and all of a sudden these things show up. But all of a sudden, like, why'd they show up? Because I'm lucky? No. It's because of your discipline. See, that... That's a very powerful because th- that w- we've talked about this in the past on the show, but this earth, you know, this this plane, you know, as Napoleon Hill, this earthly plane that we come here not to uh, make money and build as much as we can, et cetera, like Western culture wants to tell us. We come here to learn about ourselves. There's a reason we're on this, you know, little rock spinning in the middle of a galaxy, and it's not <laughs> to come make money. And that, and that, unfortunately, in Western society is, you know, we're born and we're just taught, all right, go out and make as much money as you can. Then you're, that's how you're going to find happiness. And that not only is that false, completely false, uh, but we're missing, again, this whole spiritual side, this whole half of us, which is we're here to remember what and who we are and the creators that we are. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I always kind of look at it as in bringing this back to like how Napoleon was talking about, you know, the one thing we control is our mind. Whether you believe you're participating or not, you are a hundred percent right because if you believe you're not participating in this reality and you think everything's just happening around you randomly, you will experience life that way. And you're going to constantly be going, you know, I just can't get a break, you know, et cetera. I, I can't keep up, you know, all this stuff is going on around me and you're going to experience that. 
And then uh, somebody who takes the total exact opposite of that and says, you know, I'm actively participating in this. No, I do. I, I'm going to, you know, use my attention, use my focus and have a control over, you know, this mind. They begin to experience that. So, I mean, there's that famous quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And that's the truth. That's, that's the essence of what Frank and I are getting at here is why choose um, a negative, you know, pessimistic mindset when we know, you know, speaking, you know, in terms of, you know, especially like quantum physics, neuroscience, all this new information that's out there that we are uh, experiencing what we focus on. And to anyone that's kind of new out there, uh, me and Mike are talking about like, you know, when they talk about money, money is just a gauge of where you are. So don't deny it because we came here to expand. So if I have $5, I want to expand it to 10. That's a natural byproduct of this understanding. But when you actually understand that you're moving in the idea of expansion, you're, you're worrying about the feeling that you have, not the bank account. Because a lot of people will look at that bank account like, oh, my God, it hasn't moved in a week. I'm like, well, you haven't got paid yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm joking around. But as we focus on how we feel, the money will rise. The love will come. All these things, this outwardly world stuff will show up. This is why money and all these things can be used to gauge. Because, hey, if someone's following these principles and they're broke, I'm like, you're doing something wrong. I- I'm sorry. You're doing something wrong. Because you wouldn't be broke. It doesn't mean you need $10 billion in order to fulfill this and say, hey, I'm a better spiritual person because I have $10 billion. I'm like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, the ability to have, have the ability to do what you want when you want to do it or the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it is a great basis to start with. And so as your, as your life moves higher up that level of frequency, up the mountain, so to speak, your needs become different. So, yeah, money is a gauge, but money shouldn't be the thing you focus on, what you focus on, how you feel. And when you feel great, you act in a certain manner, and when you act in a certain manner, things attract to you, and one of them is money. Well, let's yeah. break that down for a second, too. So what have we been taught in Western culture? We've been taught that if we don't have money, we can't do things, and therefore we can't be happy because we can't do things. We can't afford food. We can't afford entertainment. We can't afford all these things. So we're taught if our bank account does not have money in it, we have no choice other than to be unhappy. We must be unhappy. You must be sad because there's otherwise you're just a fool. Otherwise, you know, you've got your head in the sand, and that's incorrect. In order to begin to feel wealth uh, or to experience wealth, you have to begin to feel wealth. And this is this really was a hard concept for me to learn. And it wasn't until I was able to overcome this through, you know, practice, determination, you know, knowing that um, it started to work for me as well. And so know that you don't need a huge bank account to feel wealthy. You, you can have a five dollar bill and proclaim yourself wealthy yeah. and watch that turn into 10, 15, 20, you know. Yeah, where, I think where we get met, miss, uh, you know misunderstood in this western world as we say but it happens you'd see it happen throughout the world as well maybe the west is influencing it is we're taught to do something to get something yeah get into the field of feeling it then the doing becomes simple like in other words when the father and the mother found out there was a baby coming painting the room a certain color putting a crib together was easy to do but prior to that why would you do that so people say, well, we'll do that. 
you know, I'm like, no, get into the state, manifest it into your, into your, your, you know, how you feel. When you go into great imagination, you feel it. All of a sudden, the doing becomes fun, like the kid running out to the playground. Most people are doing stuff they don't like, and they wonder why it's not working because their frequency level is so far down that if my frequency level is down, my electromagnetic field's here, I'm like a refrigerated magnet. I'm not going to attract anything. Mm-hmm. I want to be that magnet that picks up cars in a junkyard. Yep. How do I do that? My imagination has no doing is going to get that. I have to go into the state, become that. And as I become more familiar with it, it may fluctuate like this, but I want it to do this. I want to go shoom, like that. I want to fluctuate and expand, keep expanding. And the more people expand on this planet, that's why you know, people are like, what do I do to save the world? I'm like, focus on how you feel. Mm-hmm. That's first and foremost. And when you feel good, you'll, be, you'll acquire information to help out other people. But when you feel bad, you only have information to, to make people feel bad. So that's why you go out there and protest and do that. I'm saying go do that if you want, but it doesn't work. The people that really changed the world, the people that sat quiet in a cave, so to speak, and came out and like, okay, this is the answer. And they applied and people apply, okay, they're waiting for that. They weren't angry. Maybe they were angry in the beginning that drove them to the cave. The, you know, anger is, is a great force to drive me inward because when I'm so angry, I have to go inward and drop it and let it go when I do. It's like a slingshot higher to that higher level, you know. I don't, I, I don't, I don't um, think it's acquired that you have to get angry to get to a better place. But no, uh, you it, can, yeah, you can transmute anger into something better. But you can't stay in anger; it'll burn you out. It absolutely. will burn you out. It's so, like any poison, you yeah. know. <clears throat> at, at the end of the day, you, you begin to realize that the the only thing you can do, you know, if you want to change the world, if you want to do that, is you got to change yourself. Yeah, because that's what you're experiencing is yourself and, and you are the world, you know, and this is being reflected back to you. And, and it's that that is where we need to we need to start is going within. And um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these are th- this information has been around for thousands and thousands of years since the beginning you know? of time. Yeah. And has been being it, passed it, down. And we, um, you know. We're choosing or not choosing to um, to take uh, to take responsibility for yeah. it. These are laws of physics, even though, like the the phrase quantum physics didn't come out to the early 1900s. It's always been here, and throughout time, different biblical from biblical or different scriptures and different uh, type of um, spiritual writings, they were all talking about the same thing. It wasn't until like the turn of the 19th century into the 20th century so we start to become more familiar with the word quantum physics to where they can explain it in a more mathematical way. But it's not that they discovered something other than they discovered a way to explain it mm-hmm. uh, better. And when you look into this stuff, hey, these are laws that have been around since the dawn of time. And when we follow them, they work in our benefit. We go against them. <laughs> we know how what works there. So it's called the uh, refer... What do you, what do you use... Um, um, Napoleon Hill said, "Using faith in reverse." Oh yeah, he was talking about applied faith. He, he's like, "We're doing it either way." Yeah, it, yeah, like faith isn't something we have to work on. You either have faith that, hey, this is going to be a shitty day. I'm not going to do well, yeah. and I'm or reversed. This is going to be a great experience. I'm going to learn a lot, and I know I trust 
that today will work in my favor. Yeah. Either way, we're applying our faith is what he's saying. You it's, can do it whichever. You can reverse it and say, you know, um, uh, I'm not worthy. You know, I, I was born into the wrong family. It's my parents' fault. Um, nobody likes me because of this. I don't look the way I should. And, uh, you know, uh, this is the reason I can't get that job. That's your faith, and you are applying that. You can just as easily turn around and say, "This is my launching pad. This is where I. This is where I find myself. Um, I'm moving into the Creator. I know I am." And you can begin to apply that faith. No matter what, you are applying a faith. You just need to be very clear about which one you're applying. And a lot of us are very unconscious that we are applying negative, fearful, doubtful faith onto our daily uh, experience and we're blaming the outside world we're blaming others we're blaming you know things outside of our control um it is your control you have the full ability to take control and begin to apply a new faith a faith you want to experience and i think that's what napoleon hill you know so beautifully portrays um but yeah, guys, I mean, thanks for listening to the, this episode on Napoleon Hill. Um, there's a lot of t content that he has available online. So I, I would go take a look at that. I wouldn't say a ton of content, but it, at least you can see videos of him speaking. And during this time, you know, the early 1900s, that wasn't common. So it's cool that we can share these videos and, you know, hear this audio. And, you know, he's he's got what, over like 10, but he's got like 14, 13, 15, 16 books or something. Yeah, I just, yeah, exactly. I've only read a couple of them, but... Um... You know, obviously, Think and Grow Rich is this famous one. It lays everything out. I think the other ones are just kind of different. Offsets. That's the one I read back in yeah. 2019. Um, so, yeah, just take it. Again, apply the information. Um, you know, remind people, never hold an individual or individuals to a standard, but hold the information they reveal. Because that's the way it is. Like, you know, Mike and I will talk about this stuff. Um, do I always apply it? No, but when I don't, I recognize, I'm like, yeah, shit, now I can't blame anybody, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, I know it works. So a lot of times when I go against it, it's proving that it works even greater for me now because I'm finding out through the other end of it. So, yeah, just hold the information, um, enact it, use it in your day, and see what happens, you know. That, that's what we, um, we want to do here on Perspective Shift is encourage people to use this stuff at a very basic, simple level and watch it expand, watch it grow. Let it become your habit. Let it become your default rather than the other default that we've been so programmed to do. Let it be your discipline. Yeah, exactly. You know. All right. Well, thank you for watching Perspective Shift. If you like what you see, go down to the um, bottom there and hit subscribe. And also, too, if you have any uh, stories you want to tell us that like we, we offered in the beginning, uh, just uh, send us an email at PerspectiveShift2020 at gmail.com. Yeah, please, guys, reach out. We love hearing from you. Uh, it's awesome to kind of share in this uh, synchronistic world that we live in. So thanks again to Dan for reaching out. We appreciate that. Um, we wish everybody a beautiful 2023 and have a great year. We'll see you guys next week uh, with our next speaker. All right. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Right.